Welcome and thank you for joining the program. This is Abbott Speaks, and I am Michael Abbott Jr. You are tuning into a broadcast that is dedicated to exploring current events through a biblical lens, and it represents one ordinary man's search for wisdom in an increasingly postmodern culture. Evolutionary theory has been a mainstay in the American system of education now for decades. On today's program, I'm going to discuss the potential unintended consequences that accompany this basic theory of origin. Should we really be so eager to introduce this theory upon our children at such an early age? The inspiration for today's podcast is brought to you in part by progressivism. Trust us, we're not a religion. And of course, the loyal interest of dedicated listeners like you. I've entitled today's program, Evolutionary Theory, The Foundation for a Meaningless Life. Your 10-minute road to wisdom begins right now. As the old expression goes, I hope you're sitting down for this. Did you know that the primary reason we teach evolutionary theory is so students can understand and appreciate the science of biology? (laughs) Biology is completely worthless in American culture. Allow me to explain. Let me start with the essence of life. In April of 2016, researchers from Northwestern University discovered that human life begins in a brilliant flash of light as a sperm meets an egg. The video is simply incredible. It shows an explosion of tiny sparks at the exact moment of fertilization, confirming indeed that life begins at conception. Now, how was this news received by the scientific community? In an interview with Seattle radio station KIRO 97.3 FM, Host Jason Rance asked the National Organization for Women President Terry O'Neill if she would still support abortion rights if science determined that life indeed did begin at conception. Spoiler alert, it already has. But demonstrating her completely closed mind to the discoveries of science, Ms. O'Neill tactlessly responded by saying, I don't care. Of course I would support abortion. Isn't it curious that the same enlightened individuals and I use that in quotes, enlightened individuals, championing the discovery of life in something as abstract as an amoeba, ardently reject the evidence before them that supports an understanding of the beginning of human life? Let's now move to the essence of gender. At the turn of the 20th century, American genetic researchers discovered that there are chromosomal differences between the two genders. This was a number of independent studies. These scientists identified that males possessed the XY chromosome, while females possessed the XX chromosome. This basic truth is apparently mystifying to the University of California. According to their current application for admission, candidates can select now from six different options for their own gender. Now think of that. A state university formally rejecting biological science on its application for admission into the College of Biological Sciences. You just can't make this stuff up. But wait, there's more. The binary notion of gender is apparently so confusing to Brown University's student body president that earlier last year, he announced that feminine hygiene products, in other words, tampons and pads, 
would be provided in all men's bathrooms beginning with the 2016-17 academic year. Yes, that is the same Brown University that is part of the Ivy League. Even though men have never menstruated in the history of the world, I suppose it never hurts to be prepared. So let me get this straight. Even though we loathe biological science and we hastily run from its every discovery, it's downright imperative that we teach evolution to our little children so that they can understand the basics of biology. Champions of, quote, science, is this really your argument? The reason we have to teach evolutionary theory is so our children have an academic foundation for understanding a science that is wholly rejected by the surrounding culture? And why is it rejected? Because it has politically uncomfortable findings and conclusions? I suppose we can now add logic to the emerging list of scientific disciplines that are currently at odds with the scientific community. If evolutionary theory is the foundation of biological science, but biological science is a modern form of homophobic bigotry, why on earth would we want to fill the impressionable minds of our kids with such hate? You know, there's an old expression that certain things are just comical in their lunacy, but I'm going to show you now that this is really no laughing matter, and what we're talking about has some seriously tragic consequences. Now, evolutionary theory suggests that every man, woman, and child, and animal, occupies a different space on the continuum of biological development. Evolution teaches that some members of our society are highly evolved, while others lack the intellectual advancement necessary to fully contribute to society. The late George Bernard Shaw was a British humanist whose ideas really helped shape the American progressive movement of the early 20th century, and he explained it this way, quote, You must all know half a dozen people, at least, who are of no use in this world, who are more trouble than they are worth. Just put them there and say, Sir, Madam, now will you be kind enough to justify your existence? If you can't justify your existence, then clearly we cannot use the organizations of our society for the purpose of keeping you alive, because your life does not benefit us. End quote. Progressives such as George Bernard Shaw planted the intellectual seeds that John Dewey then used to completely reform and reformat the American system of primary education. Dewey perceived God to be a figurative crutch for weak-minded people. And Dewey then steered education into the, quote, enlightened, end quote, belief that human beings are little more than highly evolved creatures surviving a lengthy process of natural selection. Today, John Dewey is lauded in nearly every academic circle because most elites believe, and we've talked about this on earlier programs, John Dewey believed, as most elites now do, in the absolute sovereignty of man. So if you truly want to appreciate Dewey's legacy as an educator, you must pair his advancement of this basic theory of origin with the actual development of children who are learning under this system of instruction. And I've actually scoured some recent articles just over the last month, and I found three stories that do no better job of highlighting the consequences of studying evolutionary theory and what its ultimate contributions are. And for that reason, I've named the program Evolutionary Theory, the Foundation for a Meaningless Life. Here's what evolutionary theory teaches. I'm going to give you three prominent lessons. Lesson number one, evolutionary theory leads 
to a national epidemic of child suicide. According to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, the suicide rate among teenage girls reached a record high in 2015. The rate is now twice as high as that which was reported just eight years ago in 2007, and it was met with a concomitant 30% increase in the suicide rate among teen boys. Many of these suicides are inspired by the bullying of other students. These other students are bullying them because they place themselves further along the biological continuum of development. Since our schools are forbidden from teaching children that they very may well have been touched by the finger of God, they are merely furnishing what ultimately winds up being an applied lesson in natural selection before the entire student body. And tragically, many of these children are paying for this lesson with their lives. Lesson number two, evolutionary theory discourages empathy and personal sacrifice. Three weeks ago, a group of teenagers filmed and mocked a disabled man as he was drowning in a Florida lake. Despite hearing his desperate pleas, please help, help, the teenagers couldn't be persuaded to take any action whatsoever except to record and share the episode on social media. These teenagers were raised in an academic environment that promotes the idea that human life has no more meaning, worth, or purpose than that of any of the other animals commonly found at the local zoo. Since they lack any instruction in the basic sanctity of human life, when they looked at this man drowning, they observed his death in the same fashion as they would any other animal. All right, it's like a live version of Animal Planet. Lesson number three. Evolutionary theory hardens the delightful hearts of children. In Massachusetts, the mother of an eight-month-old baby recently asked her niece and a friend to watch her baby when she took a shower. Now, despite being the baby's cousin, the niece and her friend, when the baby started to cry, decided that they should record a video of themselves putting the baby inside of a refrigerator. And they later uploaded this experience onto Snapchat. Now, these three episodes reveal how evolutionary theory provides the very foundation for the devaluation of human life. Consider the basic function of a primary education. Should we be proud of our, quote, enlightenment? The children we're trying to instruct now find life so devoid of meaning that they are killing themselves, apathetically watching others drown, and refrigerating the babies of their own relatives. Nevertheless, our educators are so inept at identifying basic cause and effect that they are blind from even making this basic correlation. If humans are no different than animals, and life is basic survival of the fittest, then wouldn't this thinning of the herd constitute a positive outcome? As George Bernard Shaw said, the world benefits from having fewer people tax the organizations of our society. And these are the venomous fruits that are growing and circulating from every public school now in America. Because, after all, how could we not teach evolution? Is this really preferable to the archaic idea that maybe, maybe, just maybe, God did indeed create the heavens and the earth? I'd like to transition now to just share a bit of a personal update. Uh, I actually had the privilege of speaking before a Truth Seekers chapter in the greater Phoenix metropolitan area earlier this month. 
and I'm planning to convert this content into a future podcast, but I'm going to share the title of this presentation, which was Progressivism and American Culture. Now, I don't want to give too much away, but I line up the two prominent worldviews of secular humanism and Christianity. I point out perhaps there is some common ground between these two, but there are some notable differences, and I guarantee you're not going to want to miss that program. And I plan to have the conversion probably completed sometime early next month, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. Obviously, we've now reached the end of the time we have to spend together. And as always, if you're enjoying the program, would you please, please share it with a friend. The commitment I make to you and the main reason that I'm asking you to engage with this program is not only to improve your walk with Christ, but I am easily accessible through email and Facebook. So if you have a question, reach out to me using at Abbott Speaks on Facebook. Um, That's Abbott with two B's and two T's. And as always, if you are enjoying the podcast content, you will love my book. So I encourage you to head over to abbottspeaks.com pick up your copy, and that is the lowest price you can find anywhere on the internet. Yes, it is even lower than Amazon. If you're feeling a desire within your heart to share some encouragement for my hard work, then picking up a copy through my website actually sends me an immediate notification that you find value in what I'm now bringing to the market. So I hope you'll be moved to pick one up for you or pick one up for a friend. Thanks again for joining the program. And remember, be bold with your faith, strong with your convictions, and courageous in the workplace.